0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello friends, I'm back for another episode. I am so tired this week. I've been, this was the end of my first full week of like intensive rehab and therapy for my leg and it's unbelievable how tired you can get sitting on a physio bed for hours doing nothing, but I'm just like drained and really enjoying some time off on the weekends because at first I was very skeptical that I would need the time off. I was kind of like, no, we'll be fine. We should just push through, like do stuff every day. But then now after my one full week, I am really enjoying the weekends and can't believe how exhausting it is. This episode doesn't really have any defining features to it I figured I would just start talking and see where it ended up but (laughs) the first thing I want to talk about is people have reached out to me a couple times asking what is my motivation when going to rehab even when I'm not doing anything like at rehab or therapy Okay, anytime I talk about rehab or therapy, it's for my leg. I'm not in rehab and it's not like mental therapy. Um, it's for my leg, just so we clear that up because I feel like that could get confusing. But I go to the rehab clinic like for a few hours every day, and we've kind of gotten into a routine after this week where I'll have a morning session or two and then I'll go to the pool and work on my walking and like eat lunch and hang out for a bit and then come back in the afternoon and do another session or two and then I go home and after that they kind of just want me to like chill and I'll be totally honest it's really hard to take the chill moments and just like actually do nothing because you feel constantly like you need to be doing more Um And I'm sure like lots of athletes and people have had this experience when doing rehab and therapy. And it's just, it's like a little bit mentally draining because even when you're supposed to be like relaxing and letting your body heal and chill, you're thinking about all the things that you could have been doing or the things that you've missed during the day. And for me, like I can't do a lot. I'm still, um, non-weight bearing really. And I'm like only at 70 degree flexion and I have this goal that's in my brain that (laughs) I'm going to keep to myself for now but of a timeline of what I want to do and want to like progress at and just knowing where I want to be and where I'm at right now like I constantly am thinking okay I need to be doing more flexion stuff I need to be working more on my quad I need to be like working on my scars and in reality, I think that's not true. I think you can chill a bit, but maybe it's just the like hyperactive part of an athlete's brain where you're constantly thinking about what you need to be doing to get better. And a lot of the times, like right now, the best thing I can do to help my leg get better is just actually chill and let the bones heal because I am going through a lot of therapy for it. And... It's like strenuous on it. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. I will sit on a massage bed for an hour and then I'll get up and move to a different one in a different room for another hour or two. And then I'll go to the pool and I'll walk in circles for like 45 minutes. (laughs) And then I will go back to the therapy clinic and lay on a bed again for another hour or two. And I get home and I lay down on the couch and I can't move. (laughs) like I'm fully exhausted. And then I get thinking about what else I should be doing. And I think that's when I could potentially overdo it. So this is a lesson for other people rehabbing, but also for myself, that it is important to take the chill breaks and to take the time off and just let your body heal and do its thing. Because even though for me, it doesn't feel like I'm doing a lot. I get massages and I get um, like people manipulate my leg and my ankle and try to get everything moving. So for me, it's not like strenuous work, but it is really taxing on your body because it's most of the time uncomfortable. And a lot of the time also, it's like trying to reprogram your body part that's injured and it needs to then have time to recuperate and Yeah, chill. (laughs) That's what this episode is going to be called: time to chill. With that being said, if anyone's interested in what I've been doing, I basically the biggest things that they're working on with my leg right now, because the main focus is to get the bones healed with the new plates and to get my swelling gone. The swelling is almost gone entirely. It's actually crazy. There's some in the joint for sure. But my leg looks so different. Like, it's unbelievable how your body can get rid of that much um, liquid, <laughs> swelling. I don't know what it is. Um, in like a couple weeks. It's actually insane to me because I had an Oompa Loompa leg like four weeks ago. And now I have a leg that looks to a normal person, probably like a pretty normal leg, but next to my other leg, it looks like a twig. So I will say it's, I've lost a lot, like all my muscle basically in my quad. Um, and I know it's only going to get smaller from here. So (laughs) I'm adapting, but oh my God, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, I was talking about what we're working on. (laughs) So there's almost no more swelling and we're just working on now we're at the point where we're past the four weeks just ended four weeks post-op so now i can start working on my flexion past 60 degrees because i was stopped at 60 degrees for the first four weeks because i had to have my meniscus fixed during the original or the third procedure i had so we were stopped at 60 degrees flexion and now we're at the point where i can start going farther than that and That's like one of the more draining parts is just looking at your leg and I cannot tell the difference between 60 and 70 degrees or 50 and 60 degrees. Like in my head, it all looks the same from above. (laughs) So that's where a lot of the physio stuff comes in and they're really good. They're trying to like get the different parts of my leg to work together again and get me back moving, like getting flexion. So that's a big thing we're working on. And then also because my ankle was um, in a like stationary position. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense. Um, Like I wasn't walking on it and I haven't been walking on it really. I've just been doing um, like light pressure walking with crutches. So the joint is really stiff and it's like not working with the rest of my leg because the rest of my leg isn't working properly. Okay, I'm getting redundant. But anyways, working on my ankle (laughs) and we're also working on opening, like loosening up all the muscles in my left leg and back and hip and everything because the more tension all those muscles hold, the harder it is to loosen the joint and get everything working together. So I basically what I'm saying is I go to their physio and they bend my knee, they bend my ankle, they massage me, and then we practice walking with crutches. It's pretty strenuous now. For my Canadian and American friends who are confused why I'm still in Europe, or maybe everyone is confused why I'm still in Europe because, I mean, it is a weird thing that I didn't go home, but basically the main reason I stayed was when I initially got injured and They did the first surgery with the fixator. Theoretically, I guess they could have maybe flown me home. I don't know how. My leg was in like a million pieces and I think I would have lost my brain on the airplane. Um, But it was against medical advice (laughs) to be flown but regardless, the day after the fixator uh, surgery is when I had the compartment syndrome surgery, and then my legs were open. I had two open wounds, so there's absolutely no way I could have flown because the like risk of infection and risk of so many things going wrong would have just been outrageous. So there was no way I was allowed to fly after the second day of being injured. So everything happened really quickly with my injury, and that was the main reason I was I was absolutely not allowed to fly. So when I got the third surgery, um, because it was so complicated, <laughs> it took a bunch of surgeons and the surgeons were all really high, um, quality. <laughs> oh God. It sounds like I'm describing food. Um, they were really experienced and they were all like really high up in their field. So all the surgeons who worked on my leg were very well trusted and recommended. And, you know, they have a lot of um, accolades and they've worked on a lot of athletes with big injuries like Nikki Schmidthofer and Max Franz are two of the other athletes or skiers who had been in this clinic before I was there like two years ago. So I had a lot of faith and trust in these surgeons. And then when they explained the surgery to me, I was like, wow. There are so many ways this could go wrong, and they explained all the ways it could go wrong, which was very kind of them. Um, they're very; it's very straightforward. Like <laughs> they don't sugarcoat it, which was hilarious. But so when I got that surgery, and when I came out, I had no idea what to expect. And when they came and told me that they like were really excited with how things went and everything went smoothly and whatever, um, that was when my parents and I decided, okay, if I need future surgeries, like in these next months, it makes the most sense to stick with these surgeons and stick with this like plan because they had already worked so much on my leg. And yeah, you know, when you have a lot of stuff going on in your leg, you want the people who know your leg and they know exactly what's going on in there. They were the ones who put all the metal in because, If something were to go wrong in these next weeks or if like any complication came up or when I do need future surgeries, because I'm going to, that's just not even a question at this point. Um, I want to make sure that the people who are working on me are the ones who like 100% understand my case and understand my goals of coming back to skiing, which these guys do. They like, that's their job. They work with people who have extreme injuries who like are extreme athletes (laughs) who there's no question that they want to go back to their their career in sport and I mean whether they do or not is a totally different story and it's something that who knows but at least they understand the like goal and the drive there so that's why I'm still here and then theoretically um I mean I guess I could have gone home maybe but Like what I said before, being close to the doctors who worked on my leg and being close to the physios who talk to the surgeons and the doctors. So everyone's on the same program and everyone understands what's going on and there's no like disconnect is really important to me because I don't want anything outside of my, I want everything in my control to be controlled. (laughs) That sounded stupid, but that's why I'm still here. And also, like being in Austria, everyone is so obsessed with skiing and so obsessed with ski racing. And like, I am not well known. I understand that. I am accepting it. And thank you to all of you who are listening because you're my favorites. But I know that I'm not like a super well known ski racer. And yet, when I went to this hospital to get my leg fixed, I was treated like a superstar like they (laughs) were so amazing with me they treated me like I was a crystal globe winner they were like (laughs) so excited to help me get back to skiing and they just have a different understanding of it over here and I am not saying that Canada wouldn't be the same or the U.S. wouldn't be the same but this is just like having this kind of treatment and these people like so excited to try to get me back to skiing is really amazing and That's another reason why I stayed was it's just like when you're over here, you're fully in the ski world and it's good for my head. It's good for my body. I feel like I trust all the doctors and physios who are working on me and I know that if I had gone home and I'm sure I would have received amazing care and I would be at home, obviously I'd be with my family and um, most of my friends don't live at home, so... (laughs) i wouldn't even be with my friends but um i just would be on my own and over here it feels like i have a team working with me and you know i can go pop to a world cup race to watch if i want which i haven't because i'm scared to get trampled on my crutches but maybe soon i will venture to a world cup and go watch and see my friends and cheer them on and you know still feel like i'm part of the world of ski racing I cannot believe I've been talking for 15 minutes and I honestly don't really know about what. So I think that during this episode I had planned on talking about staying motivated. And yeah, I think the main thing that keeps me motivated when it feels like I'm kind of just doing the same thing every day and I can't see a lot of progress. I mean, I can tell that things are moving more like a leg again, but it's not like I'm walking or <laughs> I'm I'm all of a sudden biking or something. So I think the biggest thing that keeps me motivated is watching the races and getting to see my friends have success or people who I've looked up to have success because that's something that doesn't come easy. And I know that a lot of them have struggled with injuries in the past or had really big injuries. And to see them like come back and be in that environment where they're succeeding is just really motivating for me. And I think that like I have these skiing goals still, and those are always in the back of my mind a little bit. But at the same time, I just like thinking about ski racing as a whole, (laughs) like being able to do it for the next whatever, six years is something that, really excites me and motivates me to get to the gym and I will say also like having physios and doctors that you enjoy working with is so much more motivating because I'm actually excited to go to the clinic and I'm excited to see what they have to say or they're also very positive like every time I go in they get so excited about the littlest change in my leg which is hilarious but it's like a safe space and I feel like I can just go and sometimes it's really like chatty and it's fun for however long I'm there and other times they just let me chill and they work on whatever part of my leg they need to work on so I guess it's multiple things I don't know Um, but if you are in a rehab situation or maybe you know in a position where you're not 100% where you want to be or what you want to be doing but you have to do it just try to think about the big picture of why you're there and try to see beyond it. Because I think when you're in the moment, it can be really hard to see how you're going to get past it and how – like I know I'm going to miss the next entire ski season or race season because just the level of my injury and how much more we have to do and how many – like the more surgeries and stuff – So for me, it's like I could take that as like a with, I don't know, a reason to get discouraged and be like, well, why am I even working hard now if I know I'm not going to be able to race next year? But on the other hand, I'm like, okay, if I start working hard now, I have an entire year (laughs) to get like to work my butt off. And and then I still have another year. (laughs) oh my gosh I sound crazy but if that makes sense like if you put in your mind if I start working hard now like the hard work is going to be doubled by the time I'm back doing what I want to be doing then it's easy to stay motivated and you just have to take it day by day like I don't I don't think about six months from now or Well, actually, that's not true. Sometimes I do. I think about like, what am I going to do this summer? Because I can't really mountain bike. I can't go wing foiling. I can't ski. So maybe I'll go plan a trip to go road biking somewhere. Or maybe it's a chance for me to, I don't know, go work out in a different place that I'm not used to or move somewhere different for the summer. It's very, I don't know. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. What I was saying is (laughs) focus on the day-to-day And keep the big picture in mind because if you look at the grand scheme of your life, I think I was doing this the other day. If you look at how many days you've lived so far and then calculate how many more days or how many days you've been rehabbing or um, how many more days you're going to be in this position for, it's so small compared to the life you've already lived and how much life you already have to live. So just remember that this is a small bump and... If you take it day by day and, you know, try to make the most of the little things and take inspiration from whatever you can get it from. For me, it's getting to watch the ski races, but for other people, maybe it's not. (laughs) Maybe it's not watching them and it's fully disconnecting from your normal life and, you know, playing a different role in this new part of your life, but just look for the little things and that's all that you guys want to listen to me talk about today so thank you so much for listening and supporting me and I'll see you next week okay bye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube